What's going on, boys and girls? Welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience. Maybe for the last time. Yeah, it definitely is for the last time. Uh, the podcast is officially changing its name. It's part of our big uh, announcement. Uh, the boys and I have come up with several names. Uh, none of them seem to stick, but this one seemed to stick. So welcome to the first episode of Two and a Half Gringos. Uh, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast, man. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in love with the name, absolutely. And if uh, Juju comes in, then it's then then it just throws in. That's too much whole, math. Yeah, that's too much math. Yeah, then <laughs> then, that, that, it, then it becomes three gringos and a Mexican. Yeah, it, it's it's just too much for us. So two and a half gringos, it is, and I'm absolutely in love with the name. And you guys need to stay tuned for the part two of the big uh, announcement, which will come in next week's episode. But boys, we're getting real close to the end of this top 30 Pirates prospect list. And where we last left off was number 11. Uh, Nola hit us with the Travis Swaggerty bomb to end the episode, uh, left it on a pretty high note and then Swaggy. Does That's what Swaggy does, and he gets 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 the call, man. Nola called it, I guess, uh, somehow. And, um, yeah, now we're going to give you 10 through 6. And uh, I, I'll just start off with uh, number 10, and who I have, who is one of the first prep kids to actually see uh, Loe, and that is Anthony Salamedo. And Solomedo put together a pretty damn good performance his last time out. Uh, Murph, I know you've been tracking him a lot with his changeup usage, and you've talked a lot on that on P2 um, of how that's kind of impressed you. He's not quite Carlos Jimenez just yet uh, with his changeup usage, but it seems to me that Solomedo has that aspect of his repertoire down. And that's a huge step, especially for a kid who hasn't seen past high school until this year. So how do you feel about Solomedo and where he's at on my list? I had him, I had him, I think, I think I had him like middle teens or something like that on, mm. on mine on last week. It was more of a, like, I want to see more of it, but like, obviously that, the little bit that we have seen has been crazy impressive so far. Yeah. You mentioned the change up there. Like, I think we all were in agreement that we didn't hear much about it going through the draft process and being, being, um, after being drafted. So for him to come out and showcase it as much as he has and for his age, really impressive. So yeah, definitely, definitely looking. I mean, he was, I think, after uh, Henry Davis, he was probably like the most highly ranked on everyone's draft boards out of any of the other guys that we end up getting. Mm-hmm. And he, he's really showing it so far. Yeah. Yeah. And when, and when, you know, I went through the list again, the entirety of the list and I looked at all the prep kids that we got, you know, Lonnie white, Solomedo, and then Braylon Bishop popped into my head and I was thinking, does he belong in the top 30 for me? And maybe may, I, I don't know yet with him. But from what I've seen with Solomedo, I think he is a solid number 10 as of right now on the Pirates list. Um, so, Big Bear, who do you have on your 10, man? So, at number 10, I got – he's new to the system. I've seen him pitch live. I have uh, – I have Kyle Nicholas just 
cracking the, the top 10. He's shown really good stuff, uh, mid to upper 90s fastball. He has the, the curve that goes good with it, the slider that goes good with it. He's had a couple bad outings that's kind of like inflated the the uh, the ERA right now. It's really just been like two innings that, that he's been beat up pretty good on. Everything else has been really good. Um, hurt right now, so hopefully it's not too serious. But he's just a guy I didn't know too much about going into the year, obviously, because uh, he came over in the, the selling trade. But everything he's done so far has thoroughly impressed me. Yeah, Nicholas is someone that I think kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I'm admittedly not a huge follower of the Marlins system. Um, I know you are with uh, Watson, your boy with the Marlins down there. So I know you follow them a little more than I do, but Nicholas is really impressed in Altoona. I think his first outing was what, four perfect innings. Yeah. It was the, it was his second or second, second or third, but yeah, the Sunday game, the Easter game that yeah. I went to, he threw yeah. four perfect innings only needed like 48 pitchers or something like that to get through it. Yeah. So he was crazy efficient through it. Just, Everything he's done, he's had like two or three bad innings that kind of thrown a lot of his numbers off. Other than that, he's been rock solid. Yeah, and hopefully we get an update on his injury soon. I mean, I didn't watch the game personally. Did he seem like he was in a lot of pain from what you saw? But it was like instant discomfort. You can see, like as mm-hmm. soon as he threw the pitch, he kind of just pulled up and and called called people out there. So he knew it right then. Okay, yeah, so. it was one of those like turn to center field and grimace, yeah, kind of mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But, but I know the big thing on him was, and I mean, he, the the stuff from a standpoint of like fastball and breaking pitches. I mean, that was stuff that you know they said about him that he had. It was just the big thing on him. I think was control. Yeah, and and, and it remember. does that does get away from him every now and again. Part of the, mm-hmm. like the couple big innings that he's had, but for the most part, if like that's one of the the main complaints coming into the season with him, hasn't looked nearly as bad as I, I was kind of expecting with it. Yeah, because I remember, and then Tim did a piece on him in spring training and was talking about his control and said it looked a lot better than it had been yeah. um, shared. Yeah. Okay. Number 10, Kyle Nicholas. That's pretty solid, Murph. Uh, Nola, I know last episode we had a lot of the spice, and I came with the spice with Triolo. So do you have a spicy number 10, man? Um, it's a little spicy. Um, okay. I don't know how you're going to feel about it. Okay. But at number 10, I have Anthony Solomedo. Oh, let's go, bro. Let's match. <laughs> let's go, man. That's uh what back to back episodes. Uh we had a matchup. I, I can dig it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So and what, I mean what have you seen from Solomedo that I guess made you believe that he should be 10? I mean, I, I guess in large part it's more uh just the scouting reports and projection on him because right. we obviously hadn't been able to see him until recently. Yeah. Um, but I know like this last start, obviously in the no hitter the other night, I mean, I think he, he got it up to like 93 mm-hmm. at one point. Um, Threw it a little bit harder than his first one that we yeah, got to see. Yeah, and you can, you can definitely see the deception standpoint of – it's difficult for hitters to pick up. And then you add in the movement he has. And then if that changeup develops, like he's going to be really hard to hit really hard. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's got 
a lot of upside. Now, do you think with the way he moves on the mound that velocity may come to be an issue with him? Do you see an uptick potentially with him? Or like I mean, with I, a I, mechanic? I think, I think there's possible uptick because, I mean, he wasn't he said to touch 97 or something in high school, I want to say? There might have been a report out there. I might have not read it. Um, yeah. I mean, but that that might be one of those things where he was just kind of reaching back for scouts, you know. Yeah. And now that he's he, one of those one inning All Star games or something. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's still possible once he. I mean, he's still really young, and can build strength, and a lot of it's going to come down to repeatability. Um. So once yeah. he gets his mechanics down to a point of. Con, uh, consistent repeatability. I think it's possible he could add another tick or two. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a 97, 98 guy, but, you know, I, I think it's possible we could see 94, 95. Okay. That's, that's a good deal. Who I have at number nine, and I, I don't think it's super spicy of a pick at all. I, I believe a lot. And this dude, especially since uh, in 21, we've seen the way he handled batters in low A uh, for his age coming out of high school. I have Jared Jones at number nine. And Murph, I know we talked about this uh, on previous podcasts where, you know, before the 22 season started and we weren't sure where Jones would be. We were talking maybe if Jones stayed in low A, we wouldn't be as upset just because of the age and coming out of high school. But, you know, we saw him get that bump to high A and we were kind of shocked. And, you know, how, how do you feel about Jones, you know, getting that jump to high A? Do you think it was a little too soon for him or do you think he's was actually ready for that jump? I think I think I mean, if you look at his numbers and how some of the stuff has worked out this year, it would be easy to say yes. Maybe, maybe another month or two in in Bradenton might help. That's where I was laying. Yeah, but also at the same time, he has flashed a lot of stuff there. He has had some pretty good outings there. I I think it it just falls back onto like where he he had. It's one of those elite raw stuff. It's just going to be a matter of him kind of figuring the rest of this stuff out for him yeah so i i don't mind i don't mind the push yeah he struggled but uh it, it shows the, the faith that they have in him and like i said he still had moments to where you can still see why he's an elite prospect or a top prospect yeah i system. mean the fastball is pretty legit for me i i oh, really it, like it, his fastball. it explodes out of his hand yeah Yes, and he has a decent breaker too to couple with that fastball. It's just I think mm-hmm. control has been a bit of an issue with Jones, and it's gotten, it's gotten a little it's gotten a little worse this year yeah. than where it was. And at least at least no, well, it it looks worse at times. Like he's leaving some stuff over the plate. Like the walk walk rate and stuff like that is a little bit down or right about the same mm-hmm. at this point. But he's getting – and some of that is he's facing, obviously, a lot more advanced guys than yeah. than he would have faced last year. So and it's plus two months in. Where he's at and high A, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Quinn Priester have that issue too where he tried to spot his pitches because he knew yeah. that if he left one over, it was getting 
out into the streets. And I, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of a mental aspect to that, just playing in that park. It's a vacuum. I know we've talked and talked and talked about this over and over again. Um, but Jones, number nine, solid. Um, I know he's disappointed a little bit this year, but you got to give him a chance. Uh, Murph, nine. Uh, me and Nola matched up on 10. Are, are we matching up at nine? <laughs> We are absolutely matching up here. I got Jared Jones okay. nine as well. Okay. All right, Murph. <laughs> I, I, I love this stuff. I said in the offseason that I think he has, like, the best raw stuff. I, I guess, you were, like, his, his stuff is that good. He, he, he's, he's up here for his raw stuff. Mm-hmm. How, how much he figures it out is going to determine how far he makes it. Um, but I think his stuff is that good that like he'll he'll be one of the better prospects in the system until the time that he proves that he isn't one. So just because of the hope or, or what what we know what he can bring, like an innocent until proven guilty thing for Jared Jones. Pretty much, I can dig it, man. Nola, can we have a trifecta for the first time, or did you mess it up? <laughs> well, we were close, but we messed it up. Ah, messed, come on, man. I messed it up, unfortunately. <laughs> I have Andy Rodriguez at nine. Okay. All right. I can dig it. Yeah. I uh, I mean, which, I mean, I guess all things considered, it's still a huge jump from where he was last year. Yeah. Um, I feel that maybe some of the momentum is kind of slimmed down a bit this year. Yeah. Um, that's why, I mean, even with just following the Greensboro team, it's a lot of the guys, like there's no one really jumping off the page mm-hmm. when you look at the lineup. Yeah. And considering they play in Greensboro, like no one's really – getting that huge uh, home park boost. Um, yeah. His his K percentage is up quite considerably. Yeah. It's, uh, um, what, but, 27% right now? Yeah, it did like 27% where it was just a shade under 18% last year. Um, so, I mean, I still really like him. He's obviously still a really athletic kid. Yeah. Um, I guess there's still – we're not really sure if he's going to stick behind a plate necessarily. I mean, I do love him behind a plate. He seems to work well, uh, pit with, work well with the pitchers and everything. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I think there's still a lot to see with him. Yeah. No, there is. and Which, which, which would help if Greensboro streamed their games more. <laughs> I, we need to – I, we need to come to agreement with Greensboro that if they're not going to stream the games, the least they can do is when they're on stream is play all the good players all week and then just give them like the following week off. They could yeah. So like where Andy got the where Andy got the night off Friday the night when we're recording that does us no good. Right. <laughs> so play them all six days, and then you can rest them next week. They're yeah. young. They're young. We, yeah, they're play. young. They'll be fine. I mean, yeah. we won't see we won't see Greensboro again until August. I don't think. So yeah, it's a very was, long trek from yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, but then we see him like three, three out of the four weeks in August or something like that, or August yeah. and September. So hopefully well, we then, see some bats know, like, heat up. 
Maybe, maybe it'll uh, be like a lot of the bright ninja guys or something like that, or maybe some of the the new draft picks will slip into there. So that would be good. Yeah, I, I could see, I could see that potentially some. As long as it's not Jacob Barry, if you're talking. No, about. <laughs> I don't want Jacob Barry. I don't want him. Which actually just made me think of something completely random, unrelated to this podcast. Uh, someone, ahead. someone posted the uh, draft combine link today. Um, oh. I was looking at it. I feel like because of last year's and it seemed like it boosted a lot of kids. There's a lot of big names in the combine this year. Like none of the big names attended it last year, mm-hmm. but I mean, and that's, I mean, that's where like Kelly Ting was. That's where that kid, mm-hmm. me and Cody fell in love with Edwin Arroyo. Man. Um, Cause like, like the big names last year were like Benelis or Matthew Nelson, the catcher from Florida. Guys that kind of lost their stock for a year. Yeah, see, he, he thinks so too. Man, Juju. Juju is giving his two cents about Jacob Berry right now, man. I know. Well, he does we, not we, want him. Not a we, we don't want a guy that's going to be a DH from the get-go. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I agree, Juju. You tell him, man. Um, well, I mean, this gives a perfect segue for me uh, to my number eight. I have Andy Rodriguez. Uh, so I guess we can just continue the conversation on him. Uh, you know, you look at his numbers, uh, walk rate, it's down. Strikeout rate is 10% higher, 10 points higher, however you want to say it. Uh, ISO is decent, I guess you could say. Um, average at 246. The power isn't where I wanted it to be, especially in Greensboro. I mean, what does he have? Only six or seven home runs? Let me see here. Yeah. He, he has six home runs. And I mean, in that park, I mean, with the power that he showed in Bradenton, you kind of wanted that to translate even more there. It just hasn't. But I mean, he's 22 years old, super athletic, can play pretty much any position he wanted to. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we have him so high on our list is just the pure raw athleticism that he displays. And he carries a decent hit tool can play the defense uh, at a pretty consistent rate, can catch, which is a huge plus. So uh, number eight, Andy Rodriguez, I feel very confident with him there. It's just I need to see a hell of a lot more from him as the months go on. Uh, maybe in August when maybe Andy's still there, maybe we see him heat up. Who knows? Murph, Big Bear, number eight. Did we match up again, bro? Yes, we did. Okay, Murph, let's go, man. So I have Andy. I have Andy there, and I'm still kind of like like Noah was pointing, right? Like both of you guys were pointing to, like the the numbers we were kind of expecting. Like I was going into it this year, kind of be like, okay, some of these guys they're going to put up some really big power numbers, and we're going to have to do our best to ignore it because we know where they're playing, and it's really just been Matt Gorski who has capitalized on on playing at home there. Yeah, anyone who's left over right now hasn't, or Henry Davis too. So like, anyone who's Jacob Gonzalez cooled down, yeah. and mm-hmm. then Gutierrez had like reverse splits. Like he had like a seven eighty or something on the mm-hmm. road, and then like under six hundred at home. Yeah, so, so I still Abraham. I still feel like he he has like a lot of the the receiving skills and and some of the like the finer points to catching that like. Or maybe the main complaints of Henry Davis, 
So he's a little more refined in those certain areas. I think the arm kind of maybe the, the arm may end up being the thing that ends up pulling him off of catcher altogether, but super versatile, super athletic. He can hit, even if it's barely average, he'll still have some pop. He's still, still growing, still, still getting older. Yeah. He seems like one of those all around good, like great guys that you just bring off the bench every day and just play him somewhere different. Yeah. Like okay. a super utility so, type role. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> I'll take it. Yeah. And I think one of the more interesting things is <clears throat> about Andy was when Tim, we had Tim on the podcast and he mentioned he could be the, one of the best second basemen in the system right now. Mm-hmm. If he just played second base, which is a crazy thing to think about a catcher that plays second base uh, and has a hell of a glove to play there. It's, and he that would second base too. Yeah. And that would he go into playing. rate what you said about his arm. I mean, you don't need that great of an arm to play second base. So it, it would work out. It's just, I don't know. Uh, Pirates just lost four to two to the Braves Friday night. Uh, yay. Rowanzi did not have one of the uh, greatest of outings, but he's young. He's still electric. Uh, okay. Nola, number eight. Who you got, man? So, this is how close we came to a double trifecta. <laughs> I have Jared Jones at eight. Oh, so damn! That you really screwed the pooch on this, man. I, I know. I, I I flipped. We could have had a double trifecta, but I I flip flopped mm. from y'all. Mm. And that's uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, and while watching them last night, I, I still feel the kind of the same way I did earlier in the season, which you know, like Murph was saying, is the, the pure stuff is just it's good. <laughs> And and that's why because we gave up seven hits, but they were all singles. And he, I mean, he really hasn't given up that many extra base hits yeah. this year. And especially again, considering the park he's in, which he has given up a lot of home runs. But um, just from a pure stuff standpoint, like he was grooving so many pitches down the middle, but they still couldn't. They still couldn't square it up because it's his stuff is that movement. good. Yeah. And I just – I don't know if he's ever going to necessarily refine his control, especially I still think something needs to be done about his mechanics because he flies open and it just does not look repeatable, um, which, I mean, I guess if he does, I think he's going to be someone – like I was kind of discussing with someone last night that we were like, well, you know, what would you do with that kind of control and stuff? And then – I feel like it's going to be one of those cases <clears throat> where you just like, instead of having them throw to a spot where the glove is, just like picking zones, you know, kind of like when you look at a heat zone of a hitter yep. and essentially just like in this general area, as opposed to like paint the black low outside, you know? That reminds me of that video we recently saw the catcher where he was doing this at the bottom of the zone, just like yeah. right around this area here. <laughs> That'll be perfect. In this vicinity. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, he, he gets so many swings and misses and just bad clunk, and people just don't square him up. Like, this stuff is good. And if you think about it, too, I think because uh, someone mentioned about him being on the Burroughs track, and I was like, well, actually, he's on the Quinn Priester track. He's technically a year ahead of where Burroughs was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which i mean obviously the covid you're thrown in there but that's so even if jones stayed in greensboro next year i don't think it would be a terrible thing 
No, it wouldn't be a terrible thing. I mean, he does need to refine his control. Um, mm-hmm. That fastball just plays so much, man. And then this goes into the Codyism of, man, what would he be like for like one inning or two? Like he would be electric, man. But he no, I, hit triple digits consistently. Yeah, of, like if you just told him to go, it's like give us That's everything you had for one inning. Yeah, man. and again, everything especially you with had, that, he could probably hit triple digits. Especially I'm sure he's hit. Yeah, I mean, because he has a very high for motion, so I, I bet you he could. I mean, last year when he debuted, I think the he first pass he threw was 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it might have been just like. I don't know, rookie year, first pro ball jitters. I, I just oh, ramping it up. He was definitely he was definitely amped that first game. Yeah. I remember that game. He was definitely amped. Like we saw Quintana this year in 2022 for the Pirates, like get 94, 95 on like one of his first fastballs. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a case of the amps. All right. So we're getting close to the end here because like I said, folks, uh, we do have a big announcement for the next episode, which we will reveal numbers five through one. Uh, We're at number seven right now. And for myself, uh, I still have him pretty high. He's down on my list from last year. Uh, Nick Gonzalez at number seven and Murph Nola, we discussed is it time to hit the panic button on Nick Gonzalez? I think four or five episodes ago. I mean, he looked like there was, it was Swiss cheese in his bat. He was swinging through everything. Couldn't pick up breaking balls whatsoever. And I don't know, man, Nick Gonzalez is, he's older than, you know, college bat. He's supposed to be a little more refined than some of the other guys. And he struggled a lot in double a, but I still believe that he can hit for contact eventually. I still believe that the walk rate can consistently stay. I don't know quite where it's at right now. I mean, what's Nick Gonzalez's uh, walk rate as of right now? Uh, Let me see here. It's at 13.4%. I mean, maybe, maybe it could stay around that, right? I mean, last year it was 10.8%. So it's up good amount. Strikeout rate is what's extremely concerning. It's at, pretty much 33% on the year. I mean, we're talking Mason Martin numbers at that point, and the power just hasn't shown where Mason's has. So I don't know. I I wavered back and forth on where to place Nikki G because I like him a lot, you know, as a person, as a player, but the the, the stats haven't really showed up in double A and for the age, he should be in double A. So should be performing at a much higher rate, but, Nick Gonzalez, number seven. That's that's my word, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, Murph, how, how, how do you feel about Nicky G after, you know, we discussed him four or five episodes ago? So, I mean, it looks like he, you know, we we talked about him, and then he went on that little bit of the hot streak, and everything looked kind of good. And he started falling back into some some of the same old habits and stuff like that. Um. I don't know. I like so much. Me want to say like it's how surprisingly is the power or lack of the power. I think I think that's the kind of thing that's taking me back a little bit more. Maybe because we already saw some of the swing and miss issues last year, so maybe this isn't as surprising. We didn't think it would take off to this level, but I, I just kind of thought he would be hitting for a little more power than what he is right now. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know. I don't. Know. I still. I still like. I still think he can be a, a, a good hitter. Still think he could be a starter. It, it's. It's just going to come down to what he can do with that strikeout rate. Yeah, I mean it's extremely concerning, and the lack of power. I mean, if you produce your power and the strikeout rates there, I mean that's kind of forgivable, but it's not there. Nola, are you kind of on the mm-hmm. same you know train of thought with Nikki G and the lack of power and the strikeout rate and the Swiss cheese bat from what it seems like this year? Yeah, uh, pretty much on the same wave path just because uh, he, he just feels like such an enigma to me because mm-hmm. you see this swing and it's like he does have just has such a quick swing, quick hands, patience, discipline. But for some reason, it's it's when he faces the more advanced pitchers with better stuff or a guy that's able to throw a heater at the top of the zone at, in the perfect spot. Like, he just whiffs. And it's – you wonder, is it he not picking up spin? Is he not seeing it out of the hand well or something? I mean, I guess the optimistic side of me wants to say that it feels like it could be something that – in an instant could just click and it's just all of a sudden he's just hitting everything. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. And I <laughs> see, that's, that's how a, he feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's Murph. That's big bear. Big bear. <laughs> um, <laughs> big bear. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Juju. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, he's interesting. I'm going to pass it along. I got to get this man popcorn while you keep talking. Yeah, you give him popcorn and Murph. You got to give us your number seven, man. All right. So I went with Quinn Priester at seven. Fair. I I, I love me some Quinn Priester. I recently wrote about him on on, on P2. Check that out, folks. It was a good piece. The, his mentality on the mound and everything like that. We were talking about that off air too, off air too, in, in in the DM about how we feel like he he's the competitive guy that still wants to race people to the car after they leave somewhere, kind of thing. And yeah, <laughs> so so bet you, you know, ten bucks I can beat you to the car, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can absolutely absolutely see him doing that. Um, Love his stuff. I mean, you know, he's just working his way back now. Um, the biggest thing from him last year was was the walks got a little bit out of hand at times. The control, you know, especially with the fastball, hurt him a lot. I guess we'll, so. Really, really, at this point, we just wait and see. I, I don't know what their plan is to get him back to Altoona. If he's going to make another one in in another start in Bradenton or not. But, uh, uh, they have I they have, have him see how he does. They have him going to Greensboro and then okay. I think after Greensboro he's gonna go to Altoona. They yeah, kind of skipped that with Davis. Greensboro next week and Altoona the next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So that's that's good. You know, get get him up Altoona, get him where you know some some good competition to see how don't want to take too much out of that outing um the other night with the no hitter. But yeah. I did like how much he kind of used the slider a lot more. The slider looked pretty good. I think that can be a, a, a very good weapon for him if he decides to start using it more like he did the the other night. 
I think I that's a fairly new pitch for him too. I think he just developed it last 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 year was the first year because like I, I read something he wanted something to throw to another pitch to throw to like righties yeah. on glove side or, or something like that. So and that's when he came up with the this slider. Yeah. So and I think he threw that he, in the futures game for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it so there was very little, very little, because obviously with the Greensboro thing, not much that we had video we had of him throwing it, but the little bit that we did, it showed promise and it kind of looked like it's taking the, another step forward on here. So yeah, we'll kind of see once he gets to Altoona, we'll get a consistent look at him. Yep. I, I love Quinn Priester. I, I it's just a shame that we just now we're seeing him, you know, it was disappointing yeah. the fact that he didn't start the season. And then it was like, okay, he's on track. And then we're not seeing him this week. And then the next week and then the next week. And it's like, damn, man, like, is he out? What's going on? And then eventually we see him in uh, Bradenton, you know, John and Wilbur breaking that news with him and Bradenton's dugout, I think a couple of days ago. So good stuff to see. Uh, Nola, number seven, next to last pick for the night. Who you got, man? Did you match up with Murph? Unfortunately, no. God damn Um, it, man. But but, uh, one thing I just thought of, too, with regards to Priester, because even talking about Priester, and it made me think of Malone, too, especially when we've been all this discussion about the backfield instruction. One thing I just thought of is the fact that I guess this is one aspect that where maybe that is seeing progress positive. Um. Because normally, like a rehab start, it would just be like one inning, and then the yeah. next week two mm-hmm. innings, and the next week three innings. And both Malone and Priester came out and threw three innings each. Yep. In their first time back, but <clears throat> my number seven is someone uh, we already discussed. Okay. Nick Gonzalez. Oh, so we we uh, we matched up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, mean, I, I I screwed up the double trifecta, but you know we we still got two matches tonight. Yeah. Um. Because again, I, I, I originally I think I had him much higher, but I kind of dropped him just because again, there's, there's, it's getting to the point where there's becoming too many questions about the bat. Um, well, I guess not too many questions. It's really just like one big question. Um, and I, I do still think, like I said, that it's possible it could just be one moment where things just click. And who knows, maybe this heel injury gives him a chance to take a step back, put things together. Um, yeah. Because he probably did need some time off as it was. Uh, we saw him turn it on after the injury last year, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, he was really bad. He started getting hot. He got injured. Yeah. He came back and it was like a couple games and then he just went berserk went out off, of that. Yeah. Maybe I'm not saying this is what's happening, but maybe someone like in the clubhouse is like, all right, it's time to get injured because you got to get yeah. hot again, man. Just yeah. whack to the heel. Take a dive. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess what, what was kind of concerned me too recent, in recent games where he was playing is like, uh, like watching Jack Herman last year. Um, it was with Jack Herman, a lot of times it was he would destroy any fastball like up until like 93 miles an hour. Anything above that, he just swung through and missed. Mm. With Gonzalez, I mean, he was swinging through 89, 90 mile an hour fastballs. I was like, whoa, like 
come on, like, like if you weren't catching up to 97, 98, he, cause that was one of the big things on the scouting report. They're like, he's got such quick hands that yeah. no one's going to blow a fastball by him. And it's like, everyone's blowing fastballs by him. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I still have high hopes, but I do have some concerns. Yeah. There's, there's some, like you said, one big question mark with Nick Gonzalez and is he going to answer the bell after the injury? Maybe. I hope to God he does because that's a first round pick, man. And the pirates have had history of first round picks, not panning out. And I'm not saying Nicky G is not going to pan out. It's way too early to even say if he will, you know, you, you got to see him in the majors before you even start to make any assumptions, mm-hmm. but Nicky G has a very big question mark uh, with his bat for me. Last pick of the night, boys, number six. Who do I have at number six? I have Quinn Priester. Just missed the top five for me. Just missed it. Uh, it, I think the reason I dropped him to number six was just because we haven't seen him yet this year, other than the one game in Bradenton. So I talked to, uh, I think his name was Mike Phelps or Mark Phelps. Uh, the facility he works out at during the off season. And I think it's central PA he goes to uh, Mark said he looked fantastic. Um, you know, the Velo was at 94, 95, but one of the biggest things that they put Quinn in was uh, facing adversity. And that was one of the big things that they wanted to work on with him, uh, you know, with runners on base or, you know, the, sim game type situations where okay base is loaded one out how are you going to handle this or all the little things they worked on with Quinn which is a big thing you know because for the majority of your career you're working on the bigger things not the little things and you know that's why I like Sawinski so much as he changes the little things in his uh, swing and we're seeing that with Quinn and facing adversity and you know the little mental games that you play with yourself in the midst of a big game so Quinn at number six, I'm really excited to see how he pans out in Greensboro again uh, next week and then moves to Altoona where he should be uh, in two weeks. So maybe he jumps up the lists when we do uh, another top 30 eventually. But number six, Quinn Priester, that's who I got, boys. Big Bear, who you got at six, brother? Who's your last pick? But I have, I have Nick Gonzalez at six. So, oh, you know, talk about the worry about the strikeouts. I'm worried a little bit about the the, the power. His hand, like and Nola Nola alluded to, it, like his hands are so fast that, like, yeah, he's getting blown by fastballs. But I still love his chance to chances to catch up on on any fastball thrown by him just by the pure speed that he has there. Uh, I think maybe you know as experience comes, he kind of learns and he can adjust to it. He played, he played New Mexico State. I can't imagine he saw a lot of guys pumping 96, 97 miles an hour and that kind of stuff out there. No. So, Or if they did, they didn't know where it was going. No, no, yeah. He, he didn't have to worry about catching up to it because it wasn't hit. They got Mateo so, accuracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I still like Gonzalez. I still think like he – He's shown enough to where you can probably make it a safe bet that he can be like an average starting second baseman at the major league level. Yeah. The, the, the anything above average and kind of stuff like that one is going to come about with how much he cuts down on the strikeouts. 
That's fair. So, That's fair. And with Just the fast listen. hands, with the with the fast hands, like you never know with the power kind of thing. If he starts making more consistent contact with how quick he gets the bat through the 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 strike zone and everything like that power can just come out of nowhere as long as we don't see a newman (laughs) 55 mile hour minus 30 launch angle uh heat coming from nikki g i think we're uh we're we're okay uh okay nola you you left off with a bang last episode with t swags at 11 so who you got at six man who just missed the top five I almost feel bad that this is my number six because he ain't been mentioned yet. Mm. No, it's not Jacob Gonzalez or Gorski, which <laughs> some people would recommend. That's, that's next podcast. <laughs> Gorski is one through five. It's Blake Sable. On my list, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's Blake Sable. Yeah. Uh, my number six is Burroughs. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think. There, there were there were some others that we'll find out next week that uh, I, I still couldn't just couldn't push them above. I feel like really a lot of the like top six, at least for me, is really scrambled. It's kind of like last year's draft and even this upcoming draft. It's like you got like six players where you're like, I'll take any of them. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, but I mean, he's he's really stepped up this year. He answered a lot of questions I had um, yeah. about him because he was another guy that looked like he had a very violent motion and uh, worried me. I was worried about how often he'd be able to go deeper into games. And he's been able to – I think he went seven innings recently. He's had some five, six-inning starts because um, – there were a lot of times in the previous years where I think mentioned mentions at some point before where he'd get through two innings on 24 pitches and then he'd have a third inning of like 25 pitches and he just pitch count would get up and he'd get yanked in the fourth or one out into the fifth. But the, the stuff is really picked up. He's picked up. I, I mean, he, he could probably even be more. I, I, I believe he will. Enter top 100 list. Hashtag Burroughs top 100. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys coming off in the next couple yeah. weeks. A lot mm-hmm. of guys. And this is why you need to follow Nola because he keeps track of every single graduation. <laughs> like, yes. yes, we, we hear about uh, it on a daily basis in our group chat. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, I can't say Very every single good. one, just, just the top 100 guys. Well, yeah, the important I, ones. So we know yeah. when, when Burroughs gets put it's in the, the top important exactly. 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 Okay. And Murph, you mentioned Burroughs had one of the better curveballs you've seen in quite some time as far as prospects go. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to allude to that a little more on how you feel on his curveball? Because I know you've written about it. You ready for this? You ready yeah. for this? Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> no, it's it's – like he throws it for strikes, he throws it, you know, as a put away in the dirt. People miss it, they look at it, they don't know what to do with it. It's 
It's, it's a really good pitch. It, it may be one of the top three pitches in the Pirates system. Top three? Easily. Oh. If, if not just the best. If not I remember just when best. you thought of Oliver Mateo's slider might was one of the. <laughs> the what is it? What is it? No, I didn't say that. The low A Southeast manager okay, okay. voted that as the best man as the best. <laughs> He's got a place to blame somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, take it, that blame and slide it away. Mateo's, but, Mateo's got great stuff. He just he couldn't hit a broadside. Couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. No, that, that's putting it lately. <laughs> yeah. Walk the base slow. And, and, so we talked about that the other day. Like we can, I can since last year, I can probably count. I'm probably, I've probably ran out of fingers on my hand, on one hand to, that I can count times he's entered a game, walked the bases loaded, and then left the game. Okay, that that has happened multiple times to him since yeah. last year. And I think well, that happened what a couple nights ago. Yeah. yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. That has happened a couple times. He has walked the bases loaded, and then they yeah. pulled him. And so then Junker came in and gave up the walk-off single. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We're uh, next episode, top five. Top five, top five, top five. And I think we all know who's in the top five. It's just where we're going to place them in the top five. And it's exciting stuff. Uh, the first ever episode of Two and a Half Gringos. I think we should get the uh, – Men, 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 manly men, men for our theme song. But I don't know if Charlie Sheen would be all about that, man. Uh, that's not hashtag winning in his eyes, mm-hmm. apparently. But that's going to do it for this episode, boys and girls. And like we always leave you, we're going to give you our socials uh, so you can follow our asses. Uh, for me, I'll give mine first. It's at Murfanko, M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Uh, probably going to change with the podcast name so it can match up. Uh, so, but yeah, for now, at Murfanko. Big Bear, give out your social, man. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy88. Yes. And how's that YouTube channel going? Uh, we're over 60 subscribers now. We, we're, we're very close. We're at about 18,000 views, too. With mm. the very much majority of those coming the last couple of months since since I uh, really started putting these videos out, so I can't thank everyone enough on there. Yeah, you got anything that. new coming out soon? There'll be a lot of Greensboro stuff next week. Absolutely. Now that we get now that we have a week of, of video and stuff, I could put together. There'll be a lot of Greensboro stuff dropping. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Sean Sullivan start tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Pro- they'll probably they'll, they'll probably be a nice little um breakdown ish thing coming of of him finally with more video he, on him so he better not let me down he better <laughs> not let me down tomorrow i've been, I've right. been hyping him up too much over the last week oh yeah, yeah absolutely you've been absolutely. like the number one fan like you've neglected sable to the point to where Sean Sullivan might be your number one. Uh, well, guy. no, I know. Yeah. Like, you might need to I, jump back on that because you know he's dropped under three, a 300 batting average. I was, well, I kind of took, you know, because Sable made the pipeline top 30 and a lot of people are starting to recognize him. So I thought I could, you know, pass the love a little bit. <laughs> I, want, I wanted, you know, some other people to get the love. You know, I had, I had De Los Santos who yeah. threw a scoreless inning tonight for Pirates. And, yes. you know, Sable's, Sable's rocketing up 
So yes, I'm, yes. I'm passing the love. Okay, Mister Pass the Love. Give your give the people your socials, mm-hmm. man. Um, at Nola Jeffy N O L A J E F F Y. Yes. Also known as Louisiana Ted. And can we follow Juju? Does he have a Twitter? He does not. He does Are we not. sure he doesn't he have, does a have an Instagram though? Does he? Does he have a? I was going to say. Account? I was going to say if he has a Twitter, he's absolutely going to pass me in followers. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just going to blow right by me. I mean, my, my, Mama did make him an Instagram, but nice. I don't think he's posted in a while. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, boys, we got to end this episode. So can we please get it right this time? On three, two, one. Let's Let's go, go Bucks. Bucks. You bastard.